Hey, everybody, before we get going today, I just want to send prayers and condolences out to the uh, family and friends of and fans of Daphne Unger. Really, uh, really, really sad what happened. Uh, if you guys are having any mental health issues, please, please seek help from a medical professional. Uh, you know, I've struggled with mental health. I'm sure a lot of you guys have, too. Um, this is a, obviously a very sad situation and uh by all accounts just a great person so yeah seconded uh take care of yourself um your mental health is the most important thing and do what you can and know that you're not alone Some babies and hugging fat girls. You are a sniveling little suck-up sellout full of suffering succotash, son. With me, that's right, Killings. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? Wrestle Roasts on ad free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts and the Roast of Lawrence Taylor. We got a big show today. We're going to be talking Lawrence Taylor. We're going to be talking the uh the al pacino speech in any given sunday one of my all-time internet guilty pleasures we're going to be talking uh our first our first edition of the we must hate ourselves world cup we're going to decide what's the worst gimmick qt marshall or who so who versus why we're also going to be uh reviewing dynamite previewing all out that happens this weekend i'm excited about that and going into our high spots and low spots i'm on vacation but i'm here with you guys how's everyone doing robert how are you doing i'm doing great i got i got nothing that's that's the level <laughs> of uh, excitement Christ. you get for a lawrence taylor roast we'll, we'll get to why i'm so thrilled later when we start breaking down dynamite that's when you i'm saving the energy for the dynamite review let me, let me, well, you let have me to act say. angry about a great show <laughs> let me, let me, let me know that a great show. <laughs> it, was, it was a good show, I thought. I, I, I like that just starting off like, don't worry, guys, we're all still in character. Uh, nothing has changed. Robert's character is pausing and then trying to remember what a human sounds like. <laughs> Mike, what's like going Dan on? I'm saying this from his bed. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, trust me, this is way too human. Um, in honor, in honor of our Lawrence Taylor uh, episode, Dan looks like he's living in a crack house. <laughs> uh, how was your week, Mike? Good. <laughs> I just want to say too, um, just so you know, me and Scott, I don't think know much about football, so you and Robert have to carry this first part of the show. <laughs> well, fortunately, uh, Lawrence Taylor, there's a huge bright side for this guy. I'll, I guess I'll start out. Um, redefine the game of football. Uh, 
Uh, he uh, just some quotes I pulled up from him uh, when uh, told by. Uh, OK, I think this is from Bill Belichick. I think I had the honor of coaching the greatest defensive football player in the history of the game. This is from Eagles quarterback Ron uh, Jaworski. How do you pronounce his name again? Jaworski. I always fuck this name up. Robert, do you remember? We just call him Jaws. That's what he goes Jaws, by. Still, Jaws, so. right, yeah. Some Polish uh, guy. A Polish guy. I looked at the film again and I took 13 clean hits. I mean, clean hits. I came home and asked if I really wanted to do this. They just kept coming. They just kept moving Taylor from side to side. Uh, this is the type of player that Lawrence Taylor was. He made the quarterback of the opposing team debate whether or not they wanted to do this. They made them feel like we did after open mics. Uh, it's um, he's the only or, guy. Or DNA reviews. <laughs> uh, just to what you know, two-time Super Bowl champion, NFL MVP, nineteen eighty-six, three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, ten-time Pro Bowler, NFL Sacks Leader, all-time NFL Team, number three on that list. I think he was only beaten by like Jerry Rice and Tom Brady or something. Uh, New York Giants. Ring of Honor, number 56, retired on the Giants, ACC Player of the Year, All-American, NFC Player of the Year twice. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 1,089 tackles, 142 sacks, 56 forced fumbles, which is also his number, nine interceptions, and most importantly, WrestleMania main inventor, which is why we're including him on WrestleRoast. All our fans heard, by the way, was Ring of Honor. That's the only thing they remember. Yeah, I mean, this guy has just had, you know, I mean, he's my favorite athlete of all time. He's my favorite professional athlete of all time. Uh, he single-handedly beat the Detroit Lions when the Giants' offense couldn't do shit. And I, and I mean single-handedly because the offense did not score. Uh, he's the guy who kept the 49ers from winning three Super Bowls in a, in a row. He, he redefined the pass rush. Like, each team had to come up with a new play. Like, the, he was the only guy they would mention by names in pregame meetings. And he was so fucking good and so intelligent in the game of football that, like, this is just one story, uh, which is Mike Mike sent this documentary to us this week. It's LT, The Life and Times. It was on Showtime. Is that he was uh, – he used to use team meetings to sleep because, obviously, Warren Taylor had a lot of problems, and we'll go into this. And, uh, and Bill Belichick – flipped out at him and yelled at him and then Lawrence Taylor went up to the board and laid out Bill Belichick's entire plan and he said is that so fucking hard can I sleep now uh he 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 understood what quarterbacks were doing it's very much like when you when you when you see LeBron James he can read offenses better than anybody and Lawrence Taylor had that too uh he he really was not just a beast on on the uh on the field but he, he was he was somebody who understood the game almost better than everybody uh, on a personal note he was the first guy to make my grandpa appreciate black people like i don't think that my grandpa would have voted for obama without lawrence taylor take that uh, frederick douglas <laughs> and now i don't know what to say when we do the roast of sammy davis jr and um you know i i mean it, it, he adopted a kid he's you know he struggled a lot he's had <laughs> bouts of sobriety and a lot of bouts of non-sobriety um adopted the kid gave the kid a better life it, you know but he's definitely had you know you know it, 
there is definitely some rough things in, in, with his original family, and and we'll and we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you if you watch the guy on the court, I mean, I'm sorry, on the field, there is like, there's nothing that people could do. You know, like there was just nothing people could do. You know, these were guys too, like Terry Bradshaw, who, you know, was a was a uh, was was you know still steady man. I mean, that guy was taking hits like nobody else, and. You know, when Warren, when he went up against Lawrence Taylor, he's like, I, I didn't even like, I didn't know my ribs could hurt that bad. So, I mean, you know, New York Giants are my favorite team ever. Lawrence Taylor is my favorite player ever. And maybe the person that I admire the most as far as, <laughs> roast, as, far as roasting, you know, like I, I understand, I'm not talking about personally, but as far as like actual accomplishment. No, Dan is talking about when he pretends to be a person he wants to be he wants to be the guy who when he steps into a room can beat everybody's ass in a shoe he <laughs> wants to be the to guy be the who guy. does crack and is good at stuff even after he does crack that's dan's yeah. dream Dan wants <laughs> to, to be, be successful while who, being a drug addict <laughs> dan wants to be the guy whose rock bottoms are better than everyone else's rock bottoms but like <laughs> they're just okay yeah he couldn't be even the crack couldn't stop him yeah. dan's, dan's nights are keith richards mornings <laughs> robert you're the only uh other real man on this podcast what do you, what do you think about lt I mean, Lawrence Taylor was, as a kid growing up, I mean, this was a, he was Superman in a lot of ways. Uh, the way that, the way that he played, I, I will never forget. I mean, I, that was the first Super Bowl when they beat the Bills. The first Super Bowl I was allowed to stay up and watch the entire game for. Uh, grew up as a, as a Giants fan. And Lawrence Taylor was revolutionary to the point where, to, to put this in perspective for, for, for Mike, in, in, if you played Tecmo Bowl, our friends would all fight over you're not allowed to play as the Giants because Lawrence Taylor is so unbelievably unstoppable. It's just not fair. So he would produce those sorts of fights when, when he was part of the main event of WrestleMania. Um, it was, it was one of those transcendent things where I think I told this to you guys, it was the first time my dad was ever like, all right, I'm going to sit down and watch a match with you because he's like, he, wrestling wasn't his thing, but he was such a huge giants fan. He's like, I'm willing to sit and see what Lawrence Taylor does. Taylor was bringing in those eyeballs from a mainstream perspective, which is why you have celebrities do what they do every WrestleMania. Otherwise he single-handedly made that show and if you haven't gone back and watched this and i don't know if it's on on peacocks we, we may have edited it out the hank williams jr song for the opening of wrestlemania which has lawrence taylor bam bam there's gonna be a slam jam is one of my all-time favorite lyrics of any song ever fuck you john lennon <laughs> i i just wanted i didn't want to interrupt you but i want to say he is like superman in that his weakness is a little piece of rock <laughs> uh, well, well, it wasn't a little piece for Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk about him a little bit. Um, you know, well, I just can I just interrupt and just say, imagine how good he would have been at WrestleMania if he actually gave a shit. He would have been the best first time wrestler ever. Um, but also, he kind of is. He's pretty great. I mean, also imagine how good if it was me instead of Bam Bam. You know, they stuck me with Backlund. But I, I could have given, you know, I've worked with crackheads before uh, <laughs> in Wembley. Uh, no, I think that, you know, I, you know, I often pick who we roast. And I thought, you know, for football season, this would be great. You know, and also expanding 
I mean, this, yeah, like you said, WrestleMania main eventer. And I think one of the guys that really does deserve to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, I, I, I watched this match uh, before the show today. Dude, it's fucking great. It's like awesome. The atmosphere is great. Like the dude, like they have Patterson in the ring. Like you can see that Bigelow's going soft on him and all that, but it works. Like, he looks like a star. They both have this epic feel. You know, he does shoulder tackles because he's a football player. He sells well. I mean, just as a as a wrestling fan, I think the guy, like, you know, what's the one thing they always want is you to take the business seriously. I, I think he did. I think that, uh, you know, he comes off looking great. And, I mean, yeah, I don't know much about – football because you know i accepted my dad would never love me as a kid so mm-hmm. i didn't watch it and started watching wrestling but um i mean i, I could debate that but keep going yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know yeah i think that dude it's like it's mr t and him those were your first celebrity main eventers um and they're both to me you know t's in the hall of fame i think Lawrence should be too Scott, I have a question for you. Who is better in the ring, Goldberg or Lawrence Taylor? It's so funny you say that because, I mean, I'll just say it now because it's what I I wrote a joke that is, where is it? It is um, LT's wrestling style is current Goldberg. That was something I was going to say. I think he his match with Bam Bam is exactly how Goldberg wrestles now. Uh, he's winded pretty much the entire time. But you get it. He's a dominant big guy. And, uh, you know, the finish looked good. Man, that Bam Bam finish looked good. <laughs> the, the climbing to the second rope looked like a struggle. But he fucking – it looked like he connected. I liked the match. I liked the match. I thought it was fun. Uh, in terms of, you know, I, look, I, I never watched football, but I, I, I did grow up 20, 25 minutes away from Giant Stadium. Uh, an absolute icon. When you read about him, it's – it's like reading about, you know, one of these giant cult of personality type people. Of course, you're going to get sucked into it and want to buy a fucking T-shirt of his. He, uh, It's a good time. He, outside of football, inside of football, the way people regard him and talk about him as changing the game. It all makes sense. Watching the clips, watching his shit talk, um, hearing the, you know, backstage stories. Like, as a wrestling fan, he is my kind of football player. Yeah, uh, and if if every football player was like him, I would I would be you know, I'd be freezing my ass off every fall uh, at a game for sure. Also, he was over enough to sell those shitty T-shirts that they had at, at WrestleMania, the, like the white shirt with the turquoise, where it was just his picture of his face. They sold a shit ton of those, and that is one of the worst looking. That looks like something you would buy in the parking lot of the stadium after. Yeah. And also yeah. I want I want to take note on, you know, so Bam Bam, their first interaction and in, in Lawrence Taylor is Bam Bam shoves him and Lawrence Taylor goes to go after him, but then stops. And I think if that happened nowadays, everybody would be like, Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor got held back by one guy. How did Lawrence Taylor get held back? He would have killed Bam Bam. That sucked. And so I think also to give perspective, it's like it was really cool and it did work. And it didn't have to be exactly what you wanted it to be. It was really cool. 
It's funny because I watched that too, and the best part is there's a dad smiling from ear to ear with his daughter the entire time, (laughs) and that's what took me out of it. He was having so much fun with this conflict. Dan, you went to WrestleMania 11. Was Lawrence Taylor like one of the main reasons you wanted to go? No, I wasn't a football fan then. I actually didn't become a football fan until college, so it wasn't. I went because of Diesel and The Undertaker. Um, But it it was fun, man. I mean, the match was kind of exactly what I I thought it was going to be at the time. I was just pumped Diesel won. I thought that Michaels for sure was going to go over. Um, But yeah, I mean, one of the things that's kind of like, I mean, this is wrestler thing, but I've heard a lot of people in shoot interviews being like, oh, if it was a shoot fight, Bam Bam would have beaten his ass. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) Bam Bam, I've seen Bam Bam do MMA and he got fucking destroyed. Yeah, I mean, you're dealing with like literally one of the greatest athletes of all time you know like it's like if he wanted to kill you he would you know? yeah bam bam i've seen bam bam do shoots on it and and he was talking about how winded lawrence taylor was the whole time and he usually mentions mentions that in the same sentence as i i, I would have shoot beat his ass uh, i don't think he realizes how little cardio a man would need to punch you in two seconds, you know, like <laughs> you in five seconds, he's not winded. He wins. Yeah. He also, was... you know, I mean, Lawrence Taylor would last longer in a fight because Lawrence Taylor's lasted 20 years longer in life with a crack addiction. With <laughs> handicaps, he's still beating Bigelow. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the only thing that I get. I'm like, this guy, like literally, it was, it was six two. He's fucking 240, 250 pounds, and he was so fast. Like in a real fight, Bam Bam would have been destroyed. Robert, who do you got in a real fight? Lawrence Taylor or Bam Bam Bigelow? Bam Bam Bigelow, just because if you know his background, where he was an enforcer for the mob. He was not even shit. That that means that like you were beating up guys on OTB and bookies. You know what I mean? It's like out of like. Like, Lawrence Taylor is, is the greatest athlete of all time. One of the greatest athletes of all let time. Me, let me tell you, big pussy. Greatest athlete of all time. But, I, but, <laughs> but, sorry, I, what? I, I'm not going to stand for any besmirchment of Tim Tebow. Uh, that, is, that is a line we don't cross. All right? really I the don't, only football player I could think of in my head. <laughs> I, I, I don't make fun of Jesus. You guys don't make fun of Tim Tebow. That is the line that we have. Uh <laughs> Uh, the thing is, is that Bam Bam, I feel like, knows how to fight better than Lawrence Taylor would know how to fight because of that. Uh, I, you know, I, I think that uh, plus Lawrence Taylor blew out his uh, his quads. I'm pretty sure he tore he tore something where that was part of what helped end his career. So well, I, yeah, I, I would probably Kevin go Nash. They say that in the match. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, who do you got in a shoot fight, Lawrence Taylor or Bam Bam Bigelow? I think everyone has made very good arguments, but. Uh, it's Lawrence Taylor for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, four to one, we win. Well, right. maybe if the fight happened today, Lawrence Taylor would win. Look, 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 Lawrence Taylor had 12 years in the NFL when most people last two, but Bam Bam Bigelow has flames on his head. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge LT fan. And also, he got his best friend to be his manager at WrestleMania. I mean, you know, who else did that besides Hogan? Dude, I thought it was Steve Urkel in the ring with him at the end. It was his fucking son. (laughs) (laughs) 
I legit thought it was. You leave Gage alone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. Who would who who do you think would win a fight? Lawrence Taylor Jr., who's currently in prison. Um, Gage or Hook? Dude, Hook every time. Yeah, I would go. Lawrence Taylor Jr., man, he's in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but he he looks like he looks pretty doughy. I mean, yeah, but Gage, it depends on why he went to prison. If it's like money laundering, he's going to get his ass kicked. I mean, oh, he's going to get his ass kicked for the reason he went to prison. Also, if it's money laundering, then he becomes friends with the warden and builds his escape over the next twenty-five years. <laughs> you guys not know this? Morgan Freeman helps. <laughs> I mean, I know this is still on bright side, but he uh, he he went to jail for statutory rape. His son, he's in jail for ten years. Did? Yeah, but a twelve and thirteen-year-old. He's thirty-one. All right, let's start the roast. <laughs> Bright side. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, you know. Um, <laughs> the roast of Lawrence Taylor. Mike, do you want to go first? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, I'll break the tension. Uh, okay, well, you know, I'm just happy for once that I'm not the saddest Lawrence on this podcast. Uh, it might seem like lawrence taylor is outside of our wheelhouse as a wrestling podcast but he's been arrested for drugs multiple times and was convicted of having sex with a 16 year old girl so he fits right in (laughs) a registered sex offender and a hall of fame football player someone's multitasking (laughs) he truly was meant for wrestling a man with jake the snake's taste in drugs and jake's dad's taste in women (laughs) (laughs) he's really the rick flair of football because he's the greatest of all time and his wife has been charged with domestic violence against him (laughs) yes he's been to jail many times because his lawyers were never as good on defense as he is (laughs) i'm going to make too many i'm not going to make too many football jokes because i know nothing about it but i am from florida so let's continue with more drug and arrest talk (laughs) right what you know he had to quit drugs for a few years because he was busted twice and would be fired if he got caught a third time a sports company with an actual wellness policy okay maybe this isn't like wrestling at all (laughs) the only thing he couldn't tackle was his love of crack seriously crack lawrence you do know you got paid on a heroin and cocaine salary this feels like the first time i've ever wanted to tell a pro athlete spend more money (laughs) Uh, he relapsed hard in 1995 and like many drug addicts who feel hopeless he wound up in the wwf (laughs) yes the same year he had a major relapse he main evented wrestlemania he was able to make it look believable because bam bam bigelow looked like a lot of the dealers that held out on him (laughs) he was able to overcome the million dollar corporation but still lost to irs he co-starred in the movie Any Given Sunday, which is also the frequency in which he relapsed. <laughs> he was one of the best players ever, but you know he couldn't have done it without his teammates. Pissing in a cup and pretending it was his pee. He went to the University of North Carolina, becoming the most famous athlete from there not to get his dad murdered because of gambling debts. <laughs> He played for the New York Giants for 12 years. Heck, four more years, and he would have wanted to have sex with his own football career. His documentary starts with his daughter telling him he can't walk down the aisle with her at her wedding because he wasn't there enough in her life. And then it goes downhill from there. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, he's been able to turn his life around. 
unless he relapsed again during this roast. <laughs> you know, and ultimately, his story is one of optimism. No matter how bad things get, how many times he's tried, been tried and convicted for numerous reasons, he smiles through it all. Such is the power of CTE. <laughs> My Lord, that's great. Uh, I, I don't think he knew she was 16, but, you know, that's still not really an excuse. But I don't think he knew. Um, and with that, I will start my roast of, of Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor, an NFL player, but an XFL father. <laughs> <laughs> He's the greatest football player of all time which is something Bill Belichick chants while masturbating on a flaming picture of Tom Brady's family. <laughs> Lawrence Taylor is what Ric Flair thinks his life was. It's the difference between doing blow in Studio 54 and doing blow in Tully's studio. He had the haircut of Kid and Play, which is also what he got in trouble for. <laughs> <laughs> You think a guy who could read any offense wouldn't struggle with the date on a girl's driver's license. He may be the only guy we've roasted whose career justified his demons. Yeah, I smoke crack, but I won two Super Bowls. Oh, yeah? Well, I smoke crack, but was in a War Games match? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's my favorite wrestler of all... Sorry, he's my favorite athlete of all time but had a lot of problems. We haven't seen a crackhead perform like that since Whitney Houston sang the national anthem. <laughs> CM Punk's dream was Lawrence Taylor's nightmare. <laughs> He's the closest Vince came to pushing a black guy. <laughs> LT fought Bam Bam Bigelow, who looked like every guy in Jersey who corrects you with statutory rape charges statutory he guest starred on the sopranos as one of the good ones he broke through any line whether it was a team's offense or the players union <laughs> he named his son lawrence taylor in hopes of confusing the cops you're being arrested for rape aha but which one both <laughs> Lawrence Taylor and Lawrence Taylor Jr. are the worst version of that meme where the Spider-Mans point at each other. <laughs> he made his offense scramble at practice and his defense scramble in court. I think that was Mike's joke. He went from run and hit to hit and runs. His driving style was Jay Uso leaving senior frogs. <laughs> He's the only guy to get secret money from Trump without having to see his cock. His wife got arrested for hitting him, which is what we call an NFL Freaky Friday. <laughs> and lastly, before I go, I just want to thank OJ Simpson for making it possible for me to wear LT's jersey in public. Thank you, OJ. <laughs> Couldn't have done this without you. Robert Karpolis, everybody. All right. Uh, <clears throat> the roast of Lawrence Taylor, who, who's still alive, please don't kill us. Uh, Lawrence Taylor signed with Vince McMahon because wrestling with Bam Bam was his code for doing cocaine. <laughs> Lawrence Taylor, Mike Tyson. The WWF in the 90s was like a halfway house for famous guilty athletes. 
The only reason OJ never showed up was because he was innocent. <laughs> Most of the wrestlers who lived like Lawrence Taylor died at a young age. But unlike wrestlers, NFL players won't job to demons. <laughs> Lawrence Taylor played college football for the University of North Carolina, which is just one of the reasons Jim Ross called him a Tar Heel. <laughs> Confused, Vince had to correct him and say he's not a Tar Heel because he's a babyface. <laughs> Lawrence Taylor was a defensive powerhouse and sacked more men than Nick Khan. Lawrence Taylor was a defensive powerhouse and sacked more men than Pat Patterson. Lawrence Taylor was arrested for having sex with a 16-year-old girl, which gives him a good chance of eventually becoming mayor of Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> LT was an inspiration to a lot of athletes. His hit on Joe Theismann in particular had a tremendous impact on Sid. <laughs> You have no idea how disappointed Lawrence Taylor was when he found out the movie Powder wasn't a biopic about him. <laughs> Taylor's personal life seems like a flaming dumpster fire, but when you realize he's a former NFL player living in South Florida, it's almost shockingly tame. <laughs> Look, we learned, if, if there's one thing we learned, it's that Lawrence Taylor is what would happen if Dan was good at football. <laughs> in the end lawrence taylor was a drug addict a convicted pedophile and with his duis a reckless threat to others but it's still a happier marriage of wrestling and football than the xfl <laughs> robert Carpolis and finally scott of chaps ah uh, lawrence taylor from john madden to mark madden he's the best lt to ever wrestle I'm talking to you, Lord Tensei. <laughs> <laughs> he wore the number 56, a tribute to the median age of Raw viewers. Uh, his body and head are the exact shape of a Rock'em Sock'em robot. His tackle did to a man's leg what jumping did to Psycho Sid's. <laughs> In football, he said he felt like a man playing with boys or Pat Patterson. <laughs> he brought so much terror to the field, they should call him United Flight 93. <laughs> terror to a field, a field. Cambodia sued him over the copyright of Killing Fields. Killing Fields. Lawrence Taylor has tackled more split ends than Mike Lawrence's Taylor. Mike is also LT, loves toys. <laughs> <laughs> the only time Mike's ever rushed a quarterback was when a game wouldn't accept it at an arcade. <laughs> um, excuse me, I'm bringing this quarterback because Turtle in Time isn't taking it. <laughs> he is the greatest defense after Robert's defense of Raw was pretty good. <laughs> He's nearly paralyzed people, making him a shoo-in for the WWE Hall of Fame. A lot of people compared him to a giant truck or a steam train, but I think he's scarier than those things, right? In that if I got, if I got hit by a steam train, at least I wouldn't have to also worry about it fucking my wife. <laughs> like a wood chipper in Afghanistan, women threw themselves at him. <laughs> I would assume that's what they're doing. 
He smoked an ounce of crack every day, and players claim it didn't affect his game at all, something that would not be said if Bret Hart was on his team. <laughs> to this day, he looks great. It's, it's like with him, the phrase is, crack don't crack. uh maybe finally uh he was so aggressive and angry i think if you painted him green he would beat the shit out of you (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah finally i mean i guess you know he fought bam bam and 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 i'm just really fighting the urge to make a flintstone joke right now it's just right there you know bam bam something about bedrock and crack rock i mean the guy was a giant not a jet, son. Oh my God! <laughs> real, a real smooth fight until the end. <laughs> Scott, Scott, Scott. Look at your workshopping for like a better podcast in that last joke. <laughs> Man, Scott, Scott, Scott had two United ninety three references. <laughs> I've never. I mean, I. I mean, I. I, I saw him give up on that joke twice in the joke i've never seen that before I've never seen that. I, I, I visually yelled cut no even in the joke you like that after the one punch you went ah, 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 and then you did another one and ha- halfway during that joke a thought in his head just went let's roll <laughs> lawrence taylor greatest 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 giant of all time my favorite football player of all time. Yeah, he's Take mine that, too. Andre. Just reading about him. He's my favorite, I think. And hopefully he thought the girl was 18. Hell yeah, dude. USA. USA. <laughs> we can always hope. Um. <laughs> hey, also, uh, shout out to the fact that he started playing football in the 11th grade and he became what he became. It's not, I mean, that's, that's insane. He had two years of high school football before he went to college. And he became what he became. A freak, yeah. Awesome. Unbelievable. One of the greatest of all time. Another uh, another greatest of all time, Al Pacino. Because <laughs> this week I decided for show in hell, let's, let, let's watch something that Lawrence Taylor is in. And it's one of my guilty pleasure movies, which is Oliver Stone's Any Given Sunday. Ooh, glad you it was that to- one. <laughs> what? Um, his other favorite is i hope she was 18 (laughs) 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 oh man um anyway if you haven't seen this movie uh lawrence taylor is basically playing ahmed johnson in it he has a, a monologue in this movie where you cannot understand a word of what he's fucking saying. A goddamn word of what he's saying. Um, this whole, like, I, you know, I've, t- I've talked to a lot of my friends who've played, like, D1 football in college, and I asked them, like, hey, has there ever been, like, a football speech like this uh, before you guys go out there? And they're like, no, no football coach talks like this at all. I feel like they just left the camera on and Al Pacino thought they weren't filming and this was just a normal speech he had with the craft service lady. I, I feel like he forgets this is about football halfway through. Um, Oliver Stone, man. <sighs> Platoon was pretty good, I guess, but every single one of his movies is like, you don't like what I have to say about football? Well, fucking deal with it. You know, he's <clears throat> he is the biggest mark for himself ever. 
And yes, I've played this uh, before a couple Montreal editions. Mike, what did you think about this monologue? Yeah, I've I've never seen this movie. Um, I I'm a little Giants guy. That's that's my football film of choice. <laughs> give me give me some Ed O'Neill, Rick Moranis chemistry. Uh, but yeah, this is hilarious. I mean, you know, Pacino had like has had like two careers. Like yeah, there there was like before Scent of a Woman. And hoo-ha after Scent of a Woman. And this is like, like, because in the 70s, he's pretty untouchable, man. And in and, and, and the 80s, too. Like, but, like, the way that he was able to just become characters. And then by this time, you're just paying to see Al Pacino be Al Pacino. Um, yeah, I don't imagine any locker room coach talking like this. I mean, this is basically... This is the kind of speech that Paul Heyman would give the ECW roster when he knew he wasn't going to pay them. <laughs> so every time he... Yeah. <laughs> you ever see it? Was it? Is it? It's in Beyond the Mat, right? The, this is the dance. That yeah. big speech. I mean, because it's like a movie. Like, people don't do that in real life most of the time unless uh, they know they're not going to give you the money you deserve. Well, guys, think about this. There is no doubt in my mind that this Sunday, Tony Khan is also going to try to deliver a speech backstage. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> We're finally going to get the girls! Yeah, he, he hits We Are the Champions on the boombox. <laughs> <laughs> now, QT, I want you to go out there and have the best match of your life! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll get to that. I mean, Scott, you're not defending that segment, right? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, uh, half, of half, course half, he half. is. Yeah, oh, a little bit. Come yeah. on, dude. All right, we'll yeah, get yeah. it. Uh, a little bit, you know. Damn, also, the guy, the ever... guy would suck off Wheeler Yuta if he was next to him. <laughs> also, Al Pacino is – I've never seen a football coach dressed like this. Like, he's – He's like uh, foreclosing on Night at the Roxbury. It is <laughs> the craziest outfits. He's got like this, like a like a suit and open like dress shirts. It's just you you know you don't even see basketball like coaches dress like this, and they at least have a suit on. But it's pretty it's pretty wild, man. What did you think about this, Scott? So I also have never seen the movie. Still have not seen the movie. Have only seen this scene. Thought it was. Cool. You know, I've always heard it was iconic. I've had friends talk about this movie, how much they loved it, blah, blah, blah. Made me want to watch the movie. Does that mean anything? I didn't know Lawrence Taylor was in it. I think that's really badass that he's even in it because that's a really successful movie. So good for him. Uh, at the end. Robert. It's hard to follow that, but uh, <laughs> the, 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 first of all, the, the movie overall, not a very good movie. I know it's shocking for an Oliver Stone movie. It's it's, it's all really over the good. it's all over the top. I remember the one thing with the guy's eyeball popped out, and it, I think it's like watching this scene cracks me up for two reasons. One, having worked in professional sports for eight years and hearing hockey coaches give these sorts of pep talks, it's it's the most subdued, just kind of well, we're we're gonna go out there and. Uh, and we're going to skate, and we're going to skate better than them. Uh, and also, I, I, I just started watching Ted Lasso. And so watching Ted Lasso and then watching this speech is like the, the total polar opposites of what the world is. Uh, no, no football coach cares this much. And this is fairly well written. 
for for the eloquent uh, nature of most football coaches. They're not great promos. He used a script for this. I think he was just talking about his divorce with Beverly D'Angelo. <laughs> so yeah. And decided the, to just go with that. It was Sometimes the weird part. the person you love goes on a vacation, then a Christmas vacation, <laughs> then a European vacation, <laughs> then a Vegas then a vacation. Vegas one. <laughs> I'm going to find that you... Papa Giorgio and I'm going to kick his ass. Also, imagine you're about to play like a playoff game and like the football coach to inspire you says, and there's no face I hate more than the one I look in the mirror. You're like, dude, go to a therapist. I'm trying to fucking. <laughs> I'm trying not to get cut next year. It's also weird because, like, the team is pretty loathsome. Like, you're not supposed to like the team or really be rooting for them. And he gives this weird speech. And, you, you st- like, most people who watch movies still want to kind of see them lose. Um, the most famous thing from this movie isn't even in the movie. It's that L. Cool J and Jamie Foxx got into a fight while filming this, and they had to be pulled apart. And that's far more interesting than 99% of what happens in this movie. And Mike, all due respect to Al Pacino, he has three careers. There's the untouchable 70s. There's the winning the Oscar for Scent of a Woman and then kind of phoning it in. And then there's the guy who did Jack and Jill because Beverly D'Angelo took all of his fucking money. <laughs> I heard Madoff took his money, too. Like, he had, he really got a lot of money lost. Did he oh, play uh, Madoff in a movie? Is he Madoff in the no, he's, he, no, he played Spectre. He's Paterno oh. Inspector and Kevorkian. <laughs> Let's it's all you know, cars like, for help. Shitty, like, let me just play people that are worse off than me. <laughs> we should do the roast of Al Pacino. I wish he did something in wrestling and we could have done the roast of Al Pacino. But he hasn't lost that much money, Dan. No, he hasn't lost that much money yet. Dude, come on, man. If he if he was, you know, like Pacino as Albano, him as Captain Lou with like the rubber bands in his face. <laughs> He actually would be a pretty good Vince now, like current Vince. You no, know? he's too he's too lucid to be current Vince. They got no. the same eyebrows, though. <laughs> I think I, I think that Pacino still has uh, too much of his original skin. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, uh, let's just uh, talk to you about some uh, some episodes coming up. We got the Bella Twins next week. AJ Styles, Mister Flat Earther himself, the Honky Tonk Man, then. We're into our spooky roast season. Gangrel, Darby Allen, Abdullah the Butcher, Alexa Bliss, and the Big Red Machine, Kane. For this week, something to sports and entertainment with. We're going to be doing SmackDown and Rampage. That'll be coming to you either Sunday or Monday. Um, we're, we're off Patreon this week, but September 13th, we're doing all the bright sides we didn't get to. Bret Hart, Goldberg, The Hardy Boys, Million Dollar Man, Big Show, Shane McMahon, and Baron Corbin. September 20th, WrestleMania 2. September 27th, Extreme Rules. October 4th, The Roast of Alberto Del Rio. October 11th, Halloween Havoc 1993 and Wrestling's Darkest Crimes. October 18th, we're off. October 25th will probably be the WWE pay-per-view. And November 1st, The Roast of Nick Gage. Also, we've got a best of video. It's up now on YouTube. Please check it out. Share it. Post it to Reddit. Do everything you can to get this thing popping off baby we're really proud of it thank you zach and thank you uh fiverr and everybody else for putting it together it's it's a real blast and we got some new t-shirts coming up robert yeah the t-shirts uh went live uh we're recording this on thursday they they just went live this evening uh we'll have the link up on the uh on the twitter account on the facebook page I'll be retweeting it. I think there's actually a sale at Pro Wrestling Tees this weekend. So this is the perfect opportunity to get not one, 
but two brand new Wrestle Rose shirts. Uh, the, the first one is the Forbidden Dorks shirt, uh, which actually looks really cool. I'm, I'm a big fan of that shirt. And then I think the, the sleeper hit, the shirt that we weren't sure people were going to wear, and it is legitimately a great piece of merchandise, is the Look at the Decon Batista shirt from Scott's Roast Joke. Uh, it is the best piece of Batista merchandise ever produced because there is not a yin-yang dragon on it anywhere. <laughs> That's our next shirt. And folks, if you take a picture of yourself wearing one of our shirts, tweet it out at us or post it on Instagram or, or whatever, just post it on social media, we will personally call you. One of the WrestleRoast hosts will personally call you and uh, thank you, maybe talk to you about wrestling for a little bit before uh, we have to run back to whatever hot pocket is in the microwave. So buy our shirts. Now it's time, folks, for... This is the first round of the We Must Hate Ourselves World Cup. We are de- we are trying to find out what is the definitive, the definitive worst gimmick of all time. Today's entry, the, the guy who got more votes than anybody else, QT Marshall versus who, or as Mike Lawrence or Robert Carp was, I forget who said, who versus why. Uh, um, Look, uh, for me, QT's gimmick is worse by a country mile. And here's here's why, for me. A jobber named Who is actually kind of fun. You know, like, and, and he lost squash matches. If you, if, you, if you saw the, if you heard, like, what Vince and, and Jim Ross and everybody else was saying about him, they clearly didn't give a shit about him. This was clearly just a way to give Jim Neidhart work. Um, and I also think Vince should bring this back again and just give it to guys he knows he's going to fire. Like Keith Lee should be the next who. Um, that's my belief. Uh, so without a doubt, QT Marshall is worse uh, in my mind. My vote for worst gimmick here is QT Marshall. Robert? Man, this is a real, uh, a real Sophie's choice. Um, QT Marshall's gimmick has evolved into something pretty damn fantastic which is the, the sycophant in real life who's now just playing himself. Uh, it is, it's one of the best nepotism characters ever. I, I love that he constantly dresses like Charlie Sheen in Two and a Half Men. Uh, and he, who am I kidding? It's, it's the worst gimmick because it takes up so much goddamn time. Who as a jobber is great. You got a guy out there, there's a question mark. It's clearly Jim Neidhart, but it's still fun. You can use it, put it on anybody. And it doesn't take up a hell of a lot of time. QT Marshall has main evented television shows that we've watched. This is an out of control gimmick that needs to be that needs to be stopped. All right. Interesting. Scott. Yeah. Who is the perfect gimmick in that it's all around? There's no holes in it. Like if you type in who the wrestler or wrestler named who, Google doesn't even know what the fuck's going on. And it I mean when Google is forgetting who you are, the gimmick is is sticking perfectly. So yeah, who wins this one? So wait, what's the worst gimmick, QT or who? Well, who is the better gimmick? So QT is the worst gimmick. QT's the worst gimmick. Well, it's, Zach, it's not a gimmick. That's the man, you know. You, well, it's trust me, it's it's both. Zach, what's the worst gimmick? Hugh, who or QT Marshall? I don't know what QT Marshall's gimmick is, so I'm going to say QT Marshall. That's because he's working everybody. Oh, got it. 
<laughs> Mike and Mike, finally, will this be will this be a clean sweep? We obviously QT Marshall will be moving on to the second round. There is going to be no suspense there. Um, but what is the worst gimmick? Who or QT Marshall? Well, you know, uh, who uh, I, I just looked up uh, debuted in 1996, which means that Vince McMahon had just watched Abbott and Costello for the first time uh, based <laughs> on how his face worked. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's who's on first. It's goofy. You know, it's it's fun. Um, yeah, it's harmless. And, uh, you know, in honor of uh, the, the Lawrence Taylor roast, I, I support uh, burly men getting their drugs. So <laughs> that's the, the better gimmick. Uh, the, the gimmick of QT Marshall is, oh, it's kind of weird that this guy's on TV to, oh my God, this guy's on TV all the time. <laughs> and, and he's the leader of a faction with no charisma. They added two new members last night. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, just two new members for no reason. Um, he's, dude, he's in a pay-per-view. I mean, we could we could rattle off names of extremely talented people in this country. I mean, in this company that are not on this show. For QT sure. is in a featured match. I, the more I think about it, QT Marshall reminds me of when Trump first ran for president. It was a unique novelty for a couple of weeks of oh, let's look at this idiot, and then it just kind of kept going. And you're like, oh no, this is really going to be a thing. And that's what we're getting with QT Marshall. This is he's our writing fault. the TV show. That's why he's writing it. Yes, and and thankfully, you know, much like uh, when he's the majority of on... Americans give him the thumbs up. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, much the like majority when he's of Americans on... believe QT uh, actually won this poll and believe <laughs> the Q- yes. QT Anon is very happy right now. But uh, much like when he's working on Cody's car, this was a clean sweep. You know what? You know what? Q- QT isn't Trump. QT is like, remember when they had, uh, you know, like Trump and then like 15 other Republicans who all kind of canceled each other out and Trump's the one who stuck out? Yes. QT's the other 15. <laughs> I think mean, like, he's Trump. The, the rest are all Aaron Solo. <laughs> <laughs> who I realize is just skinny Bo Dallas. <laughs> When he was well, up really there on the this, uh, uh, this new segment was going to incite a lot of debate between us, but uh, not when you got QT in it. It's no. uh, pretty much a clean sweep. The only time you'll get all of us to agree on something. All right, time for everybody's favorite recap segment on the internet. Dynamite or dud, baby. For me, this is a big dynamite, man. I'm gonna. It was. It was popping off. I'm gonna give this dynamite dynamite. Our first hour, FTR versus Pratt and Powerful. CM Punk promo uh, and segment with Darby Allen and 2.0 and Papa Steve, MJF interview, Orange Cassidy versus Jack Evans, a Kingston Miro package, and a Jericho interview with Jim Ross. Mike, what did you think of this first hour? Um, That opening match was fantastic. Um, I think, you know, should have been moved to this this pay-per-view card, especially when Andrade and Pac um, aren't able to because of better travel issues uh but yeah i mean it was fucking great i mean these guys are awesome i prefer this style more than the 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 young bucks flippy stuff at the end um they're just incredible storytellers i love the dead president's look of santana on ortiz it's fucking awesome uh the punk thing 
I mean, look, it's like he's self-aware about the diminishing returns. Uh, so it's like, yeah, I'm, but I'll still criticize it. It's definitely, he feels just like a guy on the roster now, but that was going to happen. Um, I did not like Garcia and, and 2.0 running out. I just feel like there's something special and epic about him and Darby. And those guys aren't even like the B team. They're not even Bo Dallas and McGillicuddy at this point. So it just felt like it watered down those, you know, uh, Punk and Darby to deal with those jabronis. And um, and Sting talking is still just weird. It's like, and and basically like the point of his promo was like a dad dropping his kid off at prom. Like, I'm going to take you there. You have a good time. And I'll pick you up and, you know, do what you have to do. <laughs> it was so fucking weird. Um, the Kingston Miro stuff, I love. I wish it was developed a little bit more, but, and, and I hope that it's the beginning and, and not the end, because I think those guys are perfect with each other. And the shit that uh, Kingston was saying was awesome. Miro's awesome. These dudes are like meant to feud with each other. Yeah, this is um, the first time I thought they actually started the story right. But yeah, the, 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 the MJF promo it was fantastic. And, um, you know, Jericho as a baby face, we've said, you know, he's better at having a baby belly than being a baby face, but he was good. You know, it was fine. I mean, it added stakes to the match. It definitely, I would easily say that uh, the MJF Jericho, at least how it was framed on this show is the second most important match on the card. Well, I, you know, I thought they did a definitely did a good job building pay-per-view. My only complaint with the MJF Tony thing is like Tony Giovanni really came hard at MJF in the beginning. Like he called him a piece of shit, like right up yeah. top. And I, I was kind of like, dude, come on. Like, let's like let's not I play like the that. Game. It's consistent because whenever he calls his matches, he does that. I like that there's this one guy that just gets on there, Tony. I I I I like the consistency of it. All right. Well, agree to disagree. Scott, what did you think about this first hour? I did not think there was a single thing wrong with this first hour. I thought it was awesome. I thought the opening tag match you was... You do understand Matt Hardy was in this first hour, correct? Oh, yeah. He <laughs> sho- yeah, but then he got, he got booted to the back, which I, which I liked a whole lot. Uh, and, and that match was a lot of fun. I forgot that this ma- that match happened in, in the first Oh, yeah. Hour. This is the first time a match ended in the picture-in-picture. Picture. Yeah, which I loved. I liked that. Yeah, was, yeah, I like that. It was too, the first yeah. time. It didn't happen often, and it makes you go, shit, I should actually pay attention, you know, during and the commercial. The, I shouldn't change the match the that it should have happened for, too. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, so, you know, they don't want you to change the channel during the commercial, and it is really hard to want to change the channel during the show because it is so fucking fast-paced, uh, which could hurt some segments, but tonight I don't think it hurt some segments until one segment that went too long, but... uh yeah, I, I thought the first hour was awesome. I think Punk dealing with 2.0. 2.0 has just been a home run. They are so much fun. Their cluelessness, their delusions is so funny to me. Uh, their type of charisma is like A-plus jabroni, like like an arts degree in jabroni where you just have to love it. Uh, I loved seeing them get their asses kicked. I loved seeing them jump Punk. I, uh, I liked all of it. I just thought it was awesome. Awesome across the board. I mean, if, if anything was bad about that segment, it was Sting being like, uh, cowabunga, dudes, or whatever he was trying he to say. Mucho respect. Yeah, mucho respect, home slice, or whatever this fucking guy oh, did. Yeah. In the world, you know? uh, but yeah, other than that, man, I, I, 
loved this first hour. Like, can't say anything bad about this first hour. I, I really did like that segment. I know Mike did not like that segment. Uh, um, yeah, but, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I thought I thought it was good. I mean, I, I thought that, uh, you know, there is, normally I wouldn't like them putting hands on Punk, but part of Punk's thing is, like, you can kick Punk's ass and he keeps coming back. You know, he's he's the opposite of, like, a Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but who, I mean, yeah, but three guys jumped him. It was fine. It was, it was yeah. Three guys jump anybody. He's exactly. He's a, he's not a huge guy. It makes total sense. It worked. It Robert, looked good. Robert, what do you think of this first hour? I thought it was a good first hour. Uh, I agree with Mike. FTR versus Proud and Powerful absolutely deserved a spot on the pay per view. It was a built up match. It, it, it the fact that it happened on Dynamite and then just ended with a clean pin. It was it was a little anticlimactic because I wanted this to be on a on a pay per view. I think they absolutely earned it. The, the punk segment, and I, and I texted this with Mike before, I don't like the physicality because we have yet to have physicality with CM Punk in AEW. And the first time that happens, it means something. Uh, the first time Punk hits the go to sleep in AEW means something. And that's one of the things that you're getting people to pay for for this pay-per-view. And I, and I said this before with the Christian Kenny Omega stuff. You're, you're giving away too much of the good stuff. I'm not saying what they're doing is bad. I'm just saying it can be used better on your pay-per-view because people are tuning in because they want to see the first time Punk's going to do anything. You could have accomplished this segment with Punk talking, Darby and Sting coming out. You have all this tension, and then they go their separate ways. A little bit of a, a weird thing with the Sting stuff was he kind of made me really want to see CM Punk versus Sting instead of Darby. Uh, where he's like, you know, Punk, you and I never shared a ring. I'm like, that could be kind of fun. Um, again, a minor nitpick. The MJF stuff with Tony was was killer. Uh, oh, I like that. Yeah, so good. I like that Tony started in with him hard, and then MJF didn't let him talk the rest of the time. It was just cutting him off and being a jerk and making his point about what Jericho's doing, comparing him to Muhammad Ali, saying that you're you're addicted to this spotlight, and you're going to fail. I love in the Orange Cassidy Jack Evans match that it ended in the picture in picture. I've said this for weeks. What was kind of a bummer was this is used to set up a random pre-show match with, with Jungle Boy and all of these guys later, which feels really rushed in the same way. The Miro, Eddie Kingston stuff. I want a hell of a lot more than what we're getting. And we're not going to get that because you're already running up against the wall. The JR and Jericho segment was, was good. I, I feel terrible for Christian. Not only has he been marginalized, but Jericho stole his piece of shit line that he's been using for Don Callis uh, when he was talking about NJF. And I'm just like, this poor fucking guy can't catch a break. Yeah, Jericho's, I mean, dude, the word shit is like the break in case you're not confident in your own promo. They, oh, they've yeah. all been using the, the piece word of shit. shit in AEW is bitch. And yeah, bitch. Yeah, it's yeah. overused. Also, yes. yeah. also I, I genuinely hope that MJF beats Jericho on Sunday because I think there's an interesting story to be told where – now you only see Jericho as a commentator on Rampage for a while until something leads to him stepping out from behind the commentary desk. I think it does a hell of a lot more for MJF to, to quote unquote retire Jericho than Jericho just beating Max because both of the titles right now are with heels and Max has no direction. He has nowhere to go other than now being I'm the guy who retired Chris Jericho. Yeah, he'll say he'll say the pain maker never retired, and everyone will go. Oh, <laughs> well, and it's also you notice 
they've been extremely like a hundred percent consistent on this. He never says from wrestling. He always says from AEW every single time. And I think there's something telling about that. He's going to go to NWA or, you know, somewhere like there's some loophole, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I actually agree with you. I would love for Tony Khan to have been secretly in the works of buying a place and then Jericho uh, is working there and then it turns out he bought the place uh, but only if it's impact <laughs> all right well but, oh and, and also in terms of you know that punk segment doing the go to sleep and shit uh i think he had to get physical because he's done the speeches already and so you did have to have a moment of him having an altercation and the idea of you know look i like the idea of people pay for the pay-per-view to see him get physical and now that he got physical someone's not going to buy the pick, but that doesn't, that person doesn't exist. Well, it's not a question of that. It's not necessarily, but you're, it's the same arena. It's the same crowd. Well, you that's exactly why you as, do it. I mean, and that's why, and that's why you do FTR and, and Santana Ortiz, because it's the same crowd. Like give them a pay-per-view show every night. And baby was this dynamite, a pay-per-view, maybe a really good WWE pay-per-view, but it was a pay-per-view. Yeah, they have 700 storylines going on. They can't fit them all in a five-hour pay-per-view. Yeah, Orn but they Cassidy. fit in two hours last night, baby. Beautiful. Cassidy and Those Jack packages. Evans. Orn Cassidy and Jack Evans, a main event anywhere in the country. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> well, our uh, second hour was a CM Punk Darby Allen package, a Haas fight between Powerhouse Hobbs and Brian Cage, a uh, My- Malachi Black uh, vignette backstage, a little promo, which, which actually may have been my favorite thing of the night. I loved it. Um, the factory squaring off against the big show <laughs> with a heel turn from the gun club. Uh, also a bit breaker, ba- Baker promo, Penelope Ford versus Ty Conti. Uh, there's backstage business between Thunder Rosa, Jade Cargill, Nyla Rose, and some of the other uh, women involved in the battle Royal this Sunday and Jurassic express with Penta and Phoenix versus the elite, the bucks and Gallows and Anderson. What did you think about this second hour, Scotty? Oh, let me be more of a rebuttal guy on this hour. Okay, all right, okay. I liked most of it, but I'm interested okay. to see what uh, Robert, what did you think of the second hour? Oh, boy. All right. Um, <laughs> Hobbs and Cage was a great match that I feel like if Vince would have seen this, he would have been so pissed off that he missed out on these guys. Um, I thought it was- Hobbs it, it and was, Cage is what he wants NXT to be. That's exactly what I wrote. That was literally the next thing I was going to say. This is Vince's vision for NXT. It's just, you know, a young jacked up guy having this, this very physical match. It was fine from a storytelling perspective. I don't love pinning Cage. Can, can we agree um, that I think Hobbs is already a better wrestler than Cage? Well, it's not that, that hard, but yeah, Hobbs is, Hobbs is really getting good quickly. Yeah. Uh, that, that Malachi Black thing made me care about watching him wrestle Lee Johnson. Uh, this very creepy... You know, I gave these other people mercy. I'm not giving you mercy. Then, then, but that, the, but the, that secretly means a longer match, which is kind of weird. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's going to be more of him just kicking match. his ass. Yeah, but it's there's consequences to it. There's yeah, something yeah. kind of interesting. Um, that cute Marshall segment. I'm pretty sure I used up all my birthday wishes to make this happen. Um, <laughs> opening with QT already talking, not realizing that he missed his cue. There's now extra people in the factory. Big show comes out. Did they out ever there. announce who those new factory guys are? No, that was, they were just, you know, there's an army of people lining up to join QT and I can't blame them. 
Um, it's AEW. Sometimes Conan's with proud and powerful. Sometimes he's not. It's your fault for paying attention. Then, then yeah, then Billy Gunn turning heel. Um, I laughed so hard. This was this was like my high point of the year. I couldn't believe they really did this. Um, I don't know who this is for because th- there's no one that's now like more excited to see this because I just watched hundred year old Billy Gunn take out the Big Show, who Jim Ross kept calling him Big Show. Uh, I mean, Jim Ross, dude. Was- if there's any reason to do steroids when you're older, though, fucking Billy Gunn. I mean, he looks amazing. I mean- <laughs> I don't know who this is for, but I know Q this is for. (laughs) It's now I'm super pumped for this Big Show match uh, because this is going to lead to Mark Henry aligning with him and then turning on Big Show and then Big Show turning on Mark Henry. It's going to be awesome. Uh, There was just a lot of filler at this point because, again, the first hour was super hot, but it's this QT segment, then the Brit free agent teasing, which I get they're being cute with the Adam Cole thing, but – she they're I trying to make liked her... it i i liked her saying that like that she's a hot oh, yeah. I, I liked it but they're, they're they're going so hard on still trying to make her a heel when the crowd does not want her to be a heel this is it's a weird it's weird casting um penelope ford and ty conti was at 925 then uh there was this hey the, i the, thought that was a way better than the uh the bunny ty conti match. it was better yeah, it was better than that um then uh that tag match that eight-man tag was it was fine, but I guess I think to Mike's point, I, I've seen them do a lot of this stuff a lot. It's not unimpressive, but when you see it all the time, it does kind of lose some of its luster. I know Scott came so fucking hard when he saw Kenny with black hair. Uh, I could feel it from here. Like we oh, had dude, rain. Freshly and dyed, why. freshly dyed black hair. It was so shiny, so but shiny. It, but I felt like his story with, with Christian was so marginalized when that is probably the main event of All Out, like it should have gotten a little. There was oh, the main event's going to be Punk and Art Allen. Yeah. Well, unless, unless, well, we'll talk about it. But, but I, I like the world title being the main event, and I feel like that's something that yeah, they, they tend to the care event. about. Yeah. But it's like you gave MJF and Jericho three segments on this show. You had a very short Kenny Christian package, and then this like tacked on beat down at the end, where I guess after the show went off the air, Tony Khan came out all angry about what they did. Um, right. I, I just feel like it's 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 been pu- it was worried about this before that it was going to be pushed to the side, and it's absolutely been pushed to the side. And marginalized. Yes, that's why I closed out the show last night. It, it was tacked on Scott, at the end. Do you want like your rebuttal now or after Mike talks? Uh, no, I'll let Mike talk. <laughs> Mike, what do you right. think of the second hour? You know, yeah, there was stuff that I liked. I mean, yeah, the Alistair Black segment is, is fucking awesome. The right, the 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 quarters for the ferryman or whatever the coins on your eyes that was great that's how you used to describe your sets back in the day <laughs> <laughs> uh, no man uh yeah there was things in this i liked uh, my my issue with the baker thing is she's supposed to be wrestling statlander on sunday and there was no real build towards that they it almost like a handicap her, match for Rampage. Which yeah, in kind of her weird. contract negotiation, they made it so she has to be so Statlander has to be in a handicap match on Friday. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Which is then um, they made a reference, which is which I hated. They're like, that's the one concession she got. I'm like, isn't she your top one of your top stars? Shouldn't she be getting more concessions than that? <laughs> and, and and I, you know, the end to me. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, I'll agree with both of you, you know, to Scott's point. It did end with Kenny. He was in in the main event um, uh, in a way. My thing with it, it's just, it really is like, 
I, I do believe less is more. And, you know, the Tony Conway booking is more is more. Like, I don't know why you needed Dante Martin out there looking like a geek getting sprayed on by Brandon Cutler. Like, that didn't him no favors. Like, what it's I would have really loved to see. The locker room is trying to pour out and help the good guys. It was like three guys, but anyways. Yeah, guys that they've beaten the shit out of a few times. <laughs> Everybody else, you've seen the show. They're all brawling in various locations. That's what They also like. all wrestled on dark. They're pretty tired, Mike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It was our night of this taping. What I, what I, what I would have loved is... I thought it would even be more heel if they just let Marco Stunt climb in. <laughs> like they they were like keeping him out. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> made me laugh a lot. Um, I mean, yeah, the Kenny thing where he's like, I mean, he's still awkward to me on the mic sometimes. Like in, in yeah, this on occasion moment, he was, tonight, he was for sure. Yeah, he was definitely awkward. But it was also it was so rushed, like because. You know, it ended midstream, and like if you watch the rest of it online, it feels like that's where it should end. Where, you know, he's like taking pictures with Christian, holding the title up to his face. Like, yeah, that's what it should have been. Yeah, that to me is a great go home. But you know, they still have time management issues. Um, But I felt, I just felt like, yeah, I am. I want to see this pay per view. I don't feel like I have to see this pay per view. Um, well, it's interesting because for our pay-per-view breakdown, I'm going to say, like, what's your prediction and whether or not you're excited to see this match. So we will get into that. Okay, yeah. All right, Scott. But my, the only thing I want to add to what Robert and Scott say, uh, which really has nothing to do with what Robert and Scott – I mean, sorry, Robert and Warren said. Uh, this has nothing to do with what Robert and Warren said. Did you guys just – did you guys hear when JR brought up Chicago PD for no reason during the Taikanti oh, match? Yes, I felt like I was listening to his podcast. <laughs> oh, no, if we're going to – he is like he is so fucking checked out. It's crazy, Dan. And if we're gonna bring up something that Jr. said, it's uh, no, 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 no. We can't. We can't. We can't. I, I want you. That was beautiful. That was. I really liked that moment. I did too. Yeah, it was like so human. Yeah, and he brought like, it, and he and he brought it back to punk, which is that you know if you're gonna say anything about your personal life, you better bring it back to wrestling, and he did. I love it. It was. You know what it was? It was like it was very sweet. And emotional, but I, I don't know, man. There was like a part of me that felt like voyeuristic listening to that. <laughs> like well, I'm glad you know, said that. He didn't know his mic was on when he said. <laughs> uh. JR's had a rough week after after on rampage when he said hyperbole instead of hyperbole, <laughs> and he said it with uh, such conviction too. Scott, your rebuttal, sir. Uh, well, I mean, there's not much to, to, to argue aside from... Well, you got annoyed by the thing I said about the concession. Oh, well, yeah, because that's such like a weird, like, again, like, I don't watch wrestling to like, go like, does this work in, in law? Like, can we have a lawyer look this over? Like, what the fuck am I doing? You know? (laughs) But I thought, uh, Cage versus Hobbs was a lot of fun. Dude, you know, you have Hobbs walk out with Hook, uh, give the people what they want immediately. (laughs) <laughs> and then and then deliver. I thought at least the end of the match was was uh, a lot of fun. The Ricky Starks, the the hit with the with the uh, championship was was awesome. I thought it looked like deadly. He hit him real hard. Uh, yeah, that was cool. What came after that? Ty Conti versus Penelope. Penelope. Yeah, you know it was fun enough. It was good. Can then, we just say this quickly, Scott? Yeah. Are, are we all good with seeing the Team Taz implosion end? 
Oh Can yeah, we- dude, it's got to be over. I mean, it is. It, it feels very empty every time they come out. And so I will say lost, this though: he uh, lost the Starks. He lost the Hobbs. Like, yeah, Hook's gonna beat him. <laughs> yeah, I no, don't no. I, I'm so I'm happening. excited for that match because the crowd on on Sunday is going to eat Brian Cage alive, and he is going to be the biggest heel in the world during this match. Wait, who's Cage fighting on Sunday? He's not fighting anybody. Yeah, he's not oh, they're, fighting anybody. They're not doing the, they're not doing the uh, FCW title match on Sunday? No, nope. no, no. Oh, no. Jesus. What the fuck are they putting this on the show for then? No, man, because, dude, you got to get... You got to watch TV and- too, baby. That's why they advertise Moxley for Cincinnati next Wednesday, baby. Hometown hero returning. It's fun. You got to watch all the shows because they're all dope, and that's what they tell you. So why are we? Uh, this is weird. <laughs> I, I genuinely why are we what enjoying are enjoying three nights of wrestling this week? It's not a question of enjoying three nights of wrestling. You're using your TV time to sell your pay per view, and I'm kind of like, Man, I disagree. I, can't wait I think to see they did re- that. They have Punk Scott. My point is, it's like you see this segment, you're like, oh, now I want to see Cage get his hands on Ricky Starks. I'm gonna pay my money to see. It. Oh, you're not giving that to me on the pay per view. Oh, are we There's the marketing team or wrestling fans? This shit is awesome for wrestling fans. It's dope constantly. Yeah, man. Now, Dan Lambert coming segment. two weeks in a row. <laughs> Dan Lambert coming two weeks in a row and then just disappearing is great wrestling television. Yeah, it's fine for people to have off a few weeks because they have a roster of super talented people and they get everybody on. It's totally fine. The the big show QT thing, now, now that is an issue in terms of you don't need QT on TV anymore. I understand maybe the first six months of AEW when you're all trying to figure it out and Maybe you want to do a favor for the guy who's really apparently doing a lot backstage. Like, respect. Awesome. That's great. Uh, this well, no, now is they too get much. to push a young guy like Billy Gunn. Uh, I will say this. I think what they're doing, and I think they're wrong, but it's Billy Gunn attacking Big Show. Of course, it makes sense in terms of, well, now Big Show has an injury going into this QT match. Like, we give a shit anyway, right? But that's storyline purposes. Also, I think it's like, Dude, it's this casual fan thing where wrestling business, the wrestling business side thinks that the casual fan is an attitude era fan. And that's not the case. Those people have died from alcohol poisoning. (laughs) (laughs) The casual fan is a whole new person now and they like Bad Bunny. Uh, They don't want to see Billy Gunn attack, you know, like, you know, fucking they were going to have Gangrel come out. And that's fun for us. But I really think they're going to get a casual fan when they do that, and I just don't think it's the case. I don't think a casual they, fan. Is an they editor. want they want bad bunny, not sad gunny. <laughs> and I'll say this: like, look, I love this show so much. That main event, like, I mean, you guys could say we've seen there was things in that match I've never seen before. That was that was awesome, uh, especially the Phoenix Nick Nick Jackson moments. But I will say this: I think the ending dragged way too long. Uh, it, it did seem like a timing issue where they were trying to drag it, and this has happened like a dozen times at the end of dynamite where you're just like, uh Oh, they're stalling for time. They're stalling for time. And then it ends on a note. You don't even want it to end on. Uh, but it was good. Like if, if you condensed that ending, you know, a lot of great things happened in it. The fact that they handcuffed uh, the Lucha bros, the super kicks were deadly. Omega talking shit was cool. I wish he cut more of a promo instead of deciding to do commentary on what was occurring. Cause they weren't doing anything to them other than <laughs> punching them. So it was like, hit him punch him, get him, instead of just like, tell us how, you know, eventually he got to it, oh, this is what's going to happen at the pay-per-view. I just thought he could have been angrier. 
So I, I will did feel not- bad for poor Excalibur, who was trying to get in all the plugs at the end of the show while Kenny's talking. <laughs> so he's just talking over the chaos, which was which signaled, okay, everything that's going on in the ring, we can kind of ignore now. It's not that important anymore, well, which well, was I- sort of unfortunate because it wound up being entertaining if you went and watched who, who what they posted online. job, Robert? Yeah. Michael Cole or Excalibur? Michael Cole has an infinitely harder job because I, I'm sure Tony Khan in his ears really not that that hard for i think you're doing a fine job uh just keep jim <laughs> ross awake uh just give him a nudge whereas like vince is still screaming at cole like it's his first day on the job it's it's i've i've listened to the audio commentary where you can hear where you because when you have the different channels and you can hear vince giving the notes or done or we're counting them down and he's just brutal just wow. screaming at these guys for hours while they're trying to talk uh, it's the worst. It's the worst job. It's the coolest job that nobody would ever, ever want to have. And and Robert, bringing up how you know it kind of took you out of it that a commentator was bringing some uh, something else up during the opening tag match. How many times Shivani oh my said God. that Punk was next? I did have that uh, note. That felt really very WWE, which is yeah, weird yeah, it because did. it it turns into we know the only reason you're watching is for Punk. We saw the ramp. <laughs> yeah. We saw well. Look at the Rampage ratings. They sank when it was not all about punk that second week, which obviously was going to happen. I don't blame them, but who, where else are they tuning? It's like, you got, you have a captive audience who's watching dynamite. They're not going to flip over and start watching Chicago PD. Cause that's what JR is talking about. That's what JR watches during dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, here's the, the problem with punk. It, it is a business thing where that first appearance was so like succinct you know, he challenged Darby. He said he was back. He gave, you know, mental and emotional reasons. He got to embrace the fans. It, it gave you everything you need to see except a match. But because he's this rating straw and they want to milk him, you know, it's like they're putting him on other shows leading up to it. Even though he doesn't have anything to really do, Darby already accepted the match the first night, you know, and and it was like... um I know he's he's on Rampage tomorrow. I don't. What does he need to say? Ooh, Punk, Punk Punk is doing commentary for the Darby uh, Garcia match. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So that's good. Like where you're at least like varying it because it's just there is that thing of okay, it's it's good. It's good you're here, <laughs> you know. But like, where do we go? And I mean, because they fucked up last week when they said that. They were gonna have Darby and CM Punk's thoughts, and then it was just a one-minute video package. Yeah, but that was well, they, even them trying. Darby's, to get those... Darby's reasoning, I thought, was actually really good this week, and I wish. That oh, this week it was fantastic. I would have played yeah. that video uh, on Friday and this week. I, I think that it finally made Darby feel like somewhat of an equal in the feud. Yeah, I, I think all those video packages uh, on Dynamite were awesome. I think they're also just shortened versions of what we're going to get after Rampage. They're doing that countdown show after Rampage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Moxley's, Moxley's video package was okay, trying to get people to care about a match <laughs> where he's wrestling. Yeah. I mean, I think someone actually put this well, on the Facebook group, so I'm going to pose this now before we get into it. Someone asked, like, can you do a very truncated New Japan corner just where Scott says, who the fuck is Moxley facing and should we care? Oh, I mean, he care enough. Like, you know, he was one of one of like the major names when when Tanahashi was on. I mean, you know, first becoming he was a big one of the deal, greatest like wrestlers in two thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, he he was a really big deal in New Japan, a great wrestler. But 
Gia in 2012. Uh, he's still really good. It's just New Japan certainly doesn't use him like he's anything but a veteran who should be respected, you know? But in terms Correct. of title storylines, there's nothing there for him, no. Does he, right, does he live in the States? No, I, th- I think New Japan is trying to give him COVID, so oh. they sent him over here. <laughs> I mean, New Japan has been – I mean, if you're, if you're Tony Khan, I, after this, I would, I would not work with New Japan. I really yeah, wouldn't. well, I, I saw he did he did like an an all uh, an all out media call today, and he said how generous he's been, and he's he believes in goodwill, and he's hoping it pays off. And he didn't say New Japan, but it was very obvious he's he's talking about New Japan. I mean, that's hard to believe considering New Japan has screwed over every partnership they've ever had. <laughs> that this would have gone south. That's stunning. <laughs> all right, hey, how so- do you feel when you're New Japan when the guy that's working with you is like, can you be more like Impact? <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's it's really i mean they really have fucked aew over like they couldn't even give him ishii they gave they gave ishii to a fry to a, a fucking new japan strong pay-per-view and not yeah and, and we'll talk we'll talk about it i mean i, I guess we should get into our predictions but well, I, let's, I, yeah let's get yeah, into yeah, it yeah, all, because yeah let's just do it all all out predictions folks we're going to be covering the show uh this friday when we do the rest of the bella twins uh but we're going to get into our predictions right now i'm going to ask you fellas who you think's going over, and whether or not you're excited for this match. The first match, which is I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip the buy-in. Uh, first match, twenty-one. How dare you? Did you not? Did you not see Tony Khan's crazy rant about the buy-in? It's the only thing I saw online. Was he's like, I don't understand how people can say being on the pre-show is bad. Steve Austin was on the pre-show. He's right. Therefore, I remember that. I remember Steve yes. Austin being on Heat and me loving it. He, he was on the pre-show uh, on the free-for-all against Yokozuna, and the people remember because they went, why the fuck is Steve Austin on the pre-show? Yeah, that's why uh, they remember it. Right, it's not I, like, I what a great... It it All right, so who do you got for the, uh, who do you got for the pre-show, Wait, what's your I don't give a fuck about, about the, the buy-ins, pre-show. guys, uh, that, it's, that it's going to be too good and they're not supposed to be? <laughs> well, that they, that they should be on the main show. I mean, especially a no, guy they, like No, Boy, they have way yeah. too many matches. Yeah. There's, oh, I agree too, there, even with one being cut. Way too many. All right, let's get to the actual show then. 21-woman Casino Battle Royal for a future title shot. Um, I, uh, I, I, I think Thunder Rosa is going to win. A lot of people were saying Ruby Soho is going to win. I'm not, I really think the match is going to be bad, but I, I, I am excited for the entrances. Um, they just haven't, you know, look, the, the women's roster has gotten a lot better. I, I love Britt Baker as a character. She's good in the ring. I think Thunder Rose is fantastic in the ring. Jade Cargill is, is definitely something, you know, something different um, as far as, you know, you just, you immediately look at her when she comes in the ring, like Brock Lesnar, but uh, they still don't have enough of a roster to make a battle Royal work, especially one. And I like the rules for the casino battle Royal, but it is a little convoluted and it seems like they've only kind of just figured out how to do it now. Um, anyway, that's my prediction. Scott, who do you got, and are you excited for this match? Yeah, so this got pushed to the main card because of Pac and uh, Andrade not not being able to have the match. I think it's a good thing in, in, in the sense that now you could debut Ruby Soho. Uh, I'm just worried there might be too many debuts or the hope that there's debuts, which I think a lot of people are going to be tense, like booking in their head during the show. And, and that's my advice to everybody. Just enjoy the show and don't, you know, think about, oh, is this person showing up? Is that person showing up? Is this person showing up? Uh, but during this match, yeah, I'm going to be waiting for Ruby Soho. And if she doesn't come out, I'm going to be surprised and a little disappointed, which 
could be AJ Lee too. Punk said AJ's not wrestling because of her neck, but I think that could be a swerve. Well, okay, may, you know, maybe that that would be really cool. I, I I would save her for a later date, you know. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, that NWA uh, Empower show was um was on Friday or Saturday, and it was so good that all women show. Uh, and and there was a few AEW uh, women wrestlers on that show, so I'm hoping you know, he cut a deal. We could get some of those ladies in the match, just like have it be surprises. Oh, cool. There's this female wrestler and that one and that one. And right. I hope, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah. It'll probably suck. Yeah. That'll be, uh, it'll be, it'll be fun. The pops will be fun for beginning. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that, uh, Thunder Rosa will win this and it will start at nine twenty-five. <laughs> uh are you excited for it no you know um i i think that the, there is the possibility of like you know big moments here you know what excites me i i am a really big jade cargo mark i hope they give her like the diesel in the 94 rumble spot of just yeah, making I do too. her the person that's tough to eliminate and she like just throws people out i i think this is a great way to build her where she could still lose. Agreed. Robert. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think Ruby Soho will debut here. I think she's going to take out Thunder Rosa to set those two up. I think Jade Cargill is going to win because this is the clearest way to make her a top threat without actually having to make her wrestle matches. And she doesn't have to cash this in for a while. So this becomes the money in the bank briefcase kind of thing where she doesn't need to be feuding with the champion, but now her, her manager, the lawyer guy has something to talk about, which is there's this shark that's out there in the water. That's waiting to annihilate whoever is the champion. And I like her being on TV as a future threat versus her going out here, doing something spectacular and theoretically losing. Could possibly be Sheeta as well. John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima. Bless you. <laughs> uh, uh, Moxley's going to win. I am not excited for this. Scott? Yeah, Moxley's going to win, and it's another match where I'm going to be going. Is someone going to come out after it? Is yeah. someone I care about from New Japan going to walk out? <laughs> I mean, you well, know, they'll beat the shit out of each other. It'll be cool. Moxley will win. I think you guys will be surprised. Uh Again, it's just a matter of where they put it and the fact that there's so many matches. How can you not resent the matches that aren't as built? Uh, Robert, I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm really excited for this match simply because, and I've said this last couple of weeks now, Moxley is directionless and has nothing to do. And I think once you put him on TV here, he's going to do everything he can to make this entertaining up to and including murdering an old man. So when he's motivated, I'm curious to see what that version of John Moxley looks like here. So you're excited for it. I'm actually, I'm excited to see what he, what he does because it's hard to ignore that he's been pushed to the side and that's been what his promos have been. So he's putting it on his own shoulders of I'm going to over deliver. So, you know, let's see what he's got. Mr. And, Lawrence. Oh, okay. Continue. Oh, I'm sorry, Scott. What no, were you saying? Go ahead, Scott. Just bottom line is you are getting New Japan representation. And for a show, it is cool to see. 
uh, as a fan than working with other companies. You're watching a oh, pay-per-view. No, no, man, I can't buy this no. shit. Come on, we've been... We've, Dude, it we've works. Been, when there's a New no, Japan it, logo no, it on AEW television, been, it's been, cool. No, no, it hasn't. We've been, we've been teasing cool. Tanahashi for fucking months that this was going to happen. No, dude. Whereas you know, very dude, least no, dude. No, I don't dude. give a shit. You want, you want like, the big titty rub, rub and tug girl, but you just got here, dude. You got to get the tiny one. You don't, you dude, don't get we've to been pick getting yet. a bump. We had that. We no, had you don't get to pick yet, I want my big titty rub and tug girl. No, That's dude. It, not, Scott's the guy who takes someone to Disney World and like, everyone else wants Mickey, but look, it's me. No, you guys, no, this is this is the WCW invasion, but we got Sean Stasiak. Just be excited, yeah, it's guys. Crazy, it's man. it's, it's like good to have NWA talent on a show. It's Dude, good to have it's bullshit. Talent. It's bullshit. You can't, you're it's good, and you guys, you got you got your mark. You, no, hey, you Mike, got, what do you think of this match? Okay, here's here's capitalists, and it comes out when you talk about things like this. You're here's, a mark. Here's here's what I think about yeah, this match. Joe Biden Democrat. Uh, okay sick burn here's, here's what i think it about is. this match what i think about this match is that moxley took paternity leave and realized he didn't like being a dad and just came back early and dude you uh, saw how quick his hair fell out my prediction is uh jr will call him kojima that's my <laughs> satoshi oh, yeah. kokomo is out here uh, uh, kojak kokomo Kojak <laughs> Kokomo, who is my favorite character on Chicago Fire. Uh, are you are you excited for this match, Mike? No. Uh, do you think do you think this is great that AEW is working with New Japan in this capacity? No, I wish that Moxley was working with someone who's on the show that I care about and is elevated just by being in the ring with him. I hope Lance Archer enjoys. Uh, you don't believe in independent contractors. You don't believe in in companies working together. You want monopolies. That debates wrestling like Trump, man. Yeah, dude. He's you like, guys want war. You want war. You're monsters. You you want you, no, you Scott. Want, you want it all to be competition, and and that's why we'll never find true peace. And that's why uh, Bernie Bernie couldn't win. Scott doesn't like scare feel, everybody off. Scott doesn't feel he deserves to be loved, and that's why he wants people to come and then leave his life. It's a shame. <laughs> Man, I'm um, so excited. First off, I'm still now. not totally sure Scott's registered to vote. So these, these political references. I'm registered something else, you know? A handgun? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm yeah, not Scott, 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 just writes, Scott just writes in a bushy <laughs> and then gets upset when he doesn't win. <laughs> All right. Uh, AEW TNT Championship, Miro versus Eddie Kingston. I'm excited, but I feel like I should be more excited and it's because they really haven't done a great job selling this feud, even though I did like the promo this past Wednesday. I think it's going to be Miro, and I think it's going to set up for an Eddie Kingston win in New York for the September 22nd show. Scott? Yeah, so again, you know, they definitely could have done a lot better with this feud. Uh, I know we do still have a Miro segment on rampage wow. that yeah, yeah. we at least haven't seen yet and you know i'm sure they'll brawl or something uh yeah i hope this sets up a, a match at grand slam and honestly i wouldn't i wouldn't mind eddie getting caught off guard and losing real quick and then that's the build to the next match you know uh and then yeah. also again yeah, a lot of fucking matches and you didn't build this one so make it short robert i'm excited for it in spite of the way they booked it um, I think it'll be fun. I like uh, Eddie Kingston's trying to justify the whole I'm going after your neck. Uh, it's it's an interesting attempt at a story. 
But yeah, I would have saved this for uh, the Arthur Ashe show entirely. Hmm. All right. Agree. Mike? Agree. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I agree with Scott that this will be more of an angle to set that up. I mean, yeah, I love both these guys. I want to see them interact more. I, I feel like this is being hot shotted a little bit. Um, and hopefully it's not the end of it because these two dudes, like, I mean, no one is a better, uh, better at talking about having a wife than Miro and no one is better at talking about not having a wife because they love wrestling too much than Kingston. Uh, excuse me, QT Marshall was on the show, but <laughs> I would love to see Kingston lose and then him have Scott? like comeback videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every week he's training. That would be cool. That would be cool. He's getting right. in shape working as a, a, you know, a DoorDash delivery guy. AEW <laughs> uh, Tag Team Championships. The Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers in a steel cage match. I believe the Lucha Bros will win. I am very excited about this match, even though, you know, the story has been whatever. But, like, you know, the story is these guys have fought forever. You know, it's like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens or Brett and Sean. You know, they it's just a it's a feud you want to you, you you're happy to get anytime you get it so uh i i got the uh i got the lucha bros for this match i don't think it's going to be a long reign i think the bucks are going to win it back pretty quick um but i think that it's uh it's going to be a real it's probably you know I, I think as far as spectacle punk and darby will be match of the night but as far as you know actual in-ring action you're not going to be able to beat this scott I don't know how I'm going to enjoy this match uh, because I think they might really hurt themselves. The, the, the cage is so damn high, dude. And you know, they're going to most likely try something off of it. And Phoenix gets hurt often. And I know it's going to look really cool, but Holy shit. Also, they can't really dive out of the, you know, again, they can't dive. Like this is a, a disadvantage to the idea of doing a bunch of high flyer shit. So I'm really interested in seeing what they do. Uh, I'm sure they are going to practice like fucking that thing, I would assume, to try to figure out and see what they could do in there. Uh, yeah, it's going to be spectacle. It's going to be nuts. I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, it, Lucha Bros win, but I wouldn't mind if the Bucks win. I don't care who wins. It'll be cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in that camp too. Mike? I, I love, yeah, like them not being able to dive is like that Simpsons episode where Barney had to be the designated driver. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I think this will be fun. Yeah, there's going to be crazy cage spots um, for sure. Because I, I also feel like these guys, even more than a lot of other guys, I, I think that there are going to be certain people on the roster this weekend who have the chip on their sh shoulder of, we want to show that we're the best in this company. Well, you know, friendly competition. And I think that these guys are going to want to steal the show and be the thing that's talked about even more than punk. Robert, and they might die because of it. Yeah, um, I, I, I said it before. I hate that this match is happening in a cage because the storyline they were building to was Jurassic Express, who kept getting screwed over by outside interference. I think the Bucks are going to win here. My, my biggest disappointment with the cage was, and I saw this at the end of Dynamite, and this is going to be the nerdy production thing, and that's fine. It's hard to shoot into that cage. And see everything that's Dude, going on. Put a These... camera on Phoenix. How fucking awesome would that be? <laughs> a GoPro on his head? Yeah, yeah. Put a GoPro on his head. Oh, good. Let, let's give him another reason to get hurt. Um, I, I think the problem is you're, there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff that we're not going to be able to see 
from a, a great perspective. I think the Bucks are winning because, and I heard it with the crowd with Dynamite, I think saving them for Proud and Powerful in New York for the tag titles is going to be an electric match. And I think taking the titles off of them here, cold with the Lucha Bros, when the story of the Lucha Bros is they're on a downward swing with Pac and they need to join Andrade. Well, that's the other, that, that is the other thing is the Andrade storyline that's connected to this storyline kind of gets dropped because of this match not happening. Well, Pac pretending that he can't get into the country you just heard to about avoid that, having right? to do this. Yeah. So Robert knows, Robert knows the deal. Apparently it's a Sasha Banks situation. It's not a flight issue. Rumor is Pac uh, doesn't want to be vaccinated. Is that what it is? Or more than that, he's just, he wants to be able to like, like Sasha it's not only is she not vaccinated or she is she vaccinated, but she didn't want to, she's been hanging out with people and you're not allowed to do that. Is that what it is? I don't know exactly what it is, but there, I'm sure it'll be one of those stories that, you know, we'll, we'll hear and someday Conrad's going to talk about it on, uh, you know, getting con with con, but oh, uh, yeah. for right just now, released a statement. Pac released a statement. It says, uh, I've got a fight for my right to party. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, been <laughs> hanging out with Loki. <laughs> All right, AEW Women's Championship. Britt Baker, DMD versus Chris Statlander. Britt Baker is going to win this, and I am not excited. Scott? Uh, yeah, Britt Baker is going to win this. I like watching Chris Statlander wrestle. I think she's like a fun wrestler. I, I'm not crazy about the gimmick at all. You know, we'll have Orange Cassidy out there with her, so you get to see him. Ah, People will be going nuts for, for Britt Baker, which, again, this crowd is going to help the length of the show and, and some uncomfortable moments in the show. I really think this crowd is going to go apeshit for Britt. And so in, in that way, it'll be a lot of fun. And then, and then again, the, the excited debut in me, I know it's not going to happen, but, you know, Orange Cassidy's there, and then Adam Cole comes out. And it's not happening, but I'm, I'm overly excited for this pay-per-view, and I need to calm down so I don't get disappointed, even though I think it's going to be great. Robert. Yeah, I don't think Orange is going to make it out for this match because he's part of the buy-in 52-man tag match that they're doing. So I think having Orange not out there is helpful because the crowd is going to be all in on Britt and it potentially damages Orange Cassidy if he's supporting Chris Statlander, who I don't think the crowd's going to care about at all. Again, I think that I think that she is what Becky Lynch was during that initial the man run. Uh, she's absolutely the, the heel who is a baby face. They have to protect Orange Cassidy because he's too valuable. And, and Chris Atlander's not going to win. Mike. Yeah, I, I mean, this just has no build that, you know, they put all the shine on red velvet. Um, and now we've got this burnt cupcake, Chris Atlander. It's just, it just doesn't feel this. Am I the only one? This doesn't feel like it's been built at all. No, no. It feels like Britt Baker has been built, but Statlander yeah, feels yes, barely around. Yes, yeah, so it just feels a little half-assed. I mean, I do feel like Baker and, and all your championships should be on the card, so I understand it from that perspective, but yeah, I, I, I think Baker should win. I, I wouldn't take the title off her anytime soon. All right, let's keep on Mike. Chris Jericho versus MJF. Who do you, are you excited and who do you got? Um, you know, I'm a little excited, but just burned out. I mean, this has been almost a year and it feels like it had stops and starts. I, I would have been a lot more excited if we didn't already. I, I feel like this should have been 
the fifth labor and we shouldn't have had another match with them. It should have been here. It should have been like, you know, MJF puts this step on Jericho doing it himself. I, I just, it, it feels a little too, too, too late in a way. Um, I, I think they did a good job with the promos and stuff, but it just, I'm just not that like the whole pinnacle inner circle thing. Like even the match last night with FTR and proud and powerful, didn't even feel like it was a part of that. It just feels like it's already over. Which I um, like. You guys like that? I think it did, you know, the criticism of having all these, um, these groups, the, the payoff is, you know, Scott, are you excited or uh, who do you got in addition to this, what you're saying? Oh, let me just quickly say, okay. I, 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 I'm a, the biggest MJF mark. Uh, I think Jericho's going to win, but I hope it's MJF. Scott? Yeah, MJF. I mean, that promo on Dynamite, there's no one as good on the mic as him. No. In terms of in terms of speed, too. He's throwing words out fast. He could stumble, and he doesn't ever, not once. I obviously want him to win this match. I think Jericho's going to win. I think it's going to be my least favorite match of the night. I hope I'm wrong because uh, MJF can really pull off a fun match. He can, and Jericho can too. So let's see. It's just we've seen it, and it's been a lot. And I thought it ended like four times, and it didn't. And you know what? This this match feels the most like a Cody match that doesn't have Cody in it. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the Cody slot. This is Cody the go-go. Yeah. Um, Robert, who do you got, and are you excited? I mean, I, I said before, I think that if I, I want Max to win. I'm hoping Max wins. I'm not excited because we already had the perfect climax for this, which was Jericho coming out there with his, he's been beaten down, his music's taken away from him, an entire arena of people singing his song when he comes out there, an epic back and forth match where he ultimately submits. They told the story. This getting tacked on here, either A, as I hoped is, this is going to propel MJF to say, I finally retired Jericho. Because if this is just Jericho winning, then what was the point of the last year plus of this? Because now Max doesn't have anywhere to go. My hope is Jericho loses and maybe Max is still going after him. And maybe this is a chance for Sammy Guevara, who has no presence on this show whatsoever, to, to make an appearance and push forward a Sammy MJF feud. Something. Uh, I'm yeah. hoping something positive happens here other than Jericho gets his win back and we're back at square one next week. I really think that they forgot there was a pay-per-view that was going to happen because they spent so much time focusing on Rampage and the, the, you know, the punk debut and all of that. A lot of these matches feel like, Oh shit, we need a card. And now the card's too big. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's keep going guys. Um, I, I've got Jericho by the way, and I'm excited this feud will be over. Well, also, you know, MJF losing in terms of stats and, and ranking, you go, oh, MJF finally lost. And so now he's here. And then you don't have to scratch your head and go, why is MJF not fighting for the fucking title yet? So maybe they're doing that too. AEW World Championship, Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. Are you excited, Scott? And who do you got? Oh, baby. Once that bell rings, you are going to realize why I'm excited. It is, it's going to be a great match, a really fun match. I think it might close out the show. I think Omega is going to win. I think Daniel Bryan is going to come out. I think that's why Tony Khan ran out last night, even though we didn't see it, but they put, you know, people posted it online and on Twitter and YouTube and stuff where 
while they were beating everybody up in the cage, Khan came out flipping out and then, you know, ran to the back or whatever the fuck he did. And I think it's a way to, uh, with the rankings go, you're a problem. You have beat everybody. If you look at the top five ranked guys right now, he's beat them over the last two months. It's like jungle boy and stuff. So you have the argument of you've beaten the top five guys in this company. I need to bring in an outsider who is top in the world. Just like when you sign a big fighter, he gets to go for a big fight in you know, boxing or UFC. And then I think, you know, it's, it's Daniel Bryan. I mean, obviously Tony Khan doesn't come out and, and go, it's Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan just comes out and then it's later explained. But I think if Daniel Bryan is showing up, it's to confront Kenny Omega. But I think they're going to save it for New but York. But maybe it's personally. to stop QT and, and the gun club. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think they're going to save it for New York. But, but you know, I, th- I think that's eventually where they're going is Omega and Bryan. Robert, are you excited? And who do you got? I mean, I can't wait to see Jericho. I'm sorry. I can't wait to see Christian get his hands on Kenny Omega finally beat Kenny Omega and take a title off. Oh, wait, we already saw this on Rampage. Um, I, I, no. This is diminished returns in a lot of ways. It, it doesn't feel important. I think even to Scott's point, the crowd is more excited for the possibility of Daniel Bryan having a presence here than they are to watch this match, which is the problem I said before of building a culture around surprises like WCW did you're now overshadowing your matches you have because you're more excited for what's the next big debut, which means the audience may be let down. Uh, I don't see Christian winning in any way, shape, or form. And Scott, to your point of, if he's beaten everyone in the top five, then you'd assume the winner of Darby versus Punk would be going after the championship. Oh, well, then it would be Punk. So that, that could be pretty cool. So I, I don't I don't think it's going to wind up being, being Brian here. But again, the audience is going to potentially outsmart themselves which would I be a will shame. say this the audience is going to love it and you are going to love it mike what you thought of will anything you, going mike, will you love it mike nope and who do you got you're such um, a liar. you're gonna love it dude i uh i'm not watching this pay-per-view live i'm celebrating my anniversary and this match makes it easy to do that, that. makes you a heel to our audience by the way i know <laughs> this is uh i don't need to spend 50 dollars on this show level of interest this match uh is that i just don't care wait till he's um, texting us about it what's that I I'm, I'm doing the, i'm figuring out the tip when you're texting us asking us what's happening <laughs> <laughs> all right you yeah, like the show that is gonna be a, a one rush out of the cheesecake factory <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> yeah um yeah my my crohn's induced shit will be more entertaining than this match. Uh, you know, because of Mike's Crohn's, his toilet paper is as thick as a cheesecake free menu. Yeah, and 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 it has more layers than this story. Um, which <laughs> is the match, the match will have layers. Yes. There's yeah, more the of an urgency with the Crohn's than there is for this match. It'll be, it'll be fine, you know. It just it's a placeholder. It doesn't feel important. Um you know, and then hopefully Christian goes back to being on TV less or gets an actual character. I love a character. Me, it's yeah. the guy who's on Impact. <laughs> not, not excited. I think Omega's going to win. CM Punk versus Darby Allen. I'm incredibly excited for this match. I think it's going to steal the show just as far as like it's gonna it's gonna be like a better worked version of Hogan Rock. It's gonna have like that Hogan Rock energy, the electricity, but it's actually because of where Darby Allen is, I think he's really gonna make punk shine. 
And I think Punk as a character is going to make Darby Allen's character shine. I think it should close um, because that's what that crowd wants. Uh, I got CM Punk all the way. Scott. Yeah, I got CM Punk on top of Darby Allen making Punk look really good. I think Punk's tattoos are going to make him look really good and hide some stuff. I, th- I think it'll be great. I, I'm, I'm, I think Punk is going to surprise us. And, and, you know, again, not the best physically in the ring, but one of the best storytellers. I mean, we bring we brought Bret Hart up so many times on this episode alone. Bret Hart is so. Punk constantly as a great storyteller. So you have that. You have Darby, who's willing to do anything. And this is the biggest match in Darby's career. I mean, it's the biggest match in this company's history, right? So I think we're going to get really cool spots. And I hope a really great match. But a, a huge moment. And uh, yeah, man, them standing across from each other. CM Punk walking out and finally looking at his watch and saying it's clobbering time. He's been looking at his watch, but he hasn't been saying that, I think. Uh, so he'll say that. And, you know, we'll, we'll see him in ring gear. What's he going to wear? Is it going to look like MMA trunks? Is it going to be the... He uh... retired from MMA this week. He retired from... Yeah, yeah, too. yeah. That was big. I mean, totally to his decision. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, <laughs> MMA retired from him. <laughs> is he going to wear trunks like in WWE? Or is he going to go back to the, uh, the basketball shorts like Ring of Honor, uh, you know, kind of a Kevin Owens? I don't know, but yeah, I think all of it is just going to be such a mind. And by the way, you cannot make fun of me for my sexual attraction to Roman Reigns when you just debated. No, no, no. I make fun of you for thinking Roman Reigns is amazing because of your sexual attraction to him. CM Punk is amazing, and I'm also sexually attracted to him. All right, Mike, are you excited? And who do you got? Well, you know, Scott won't have any um, jizz left uh, because this is going to go after Kenny and Christian. This is your main event. (laughs) Oh, I mean, yeah, it could be. I, I agree. It could be. I, I mean, I don't think anything else should be. I think this is the the show. This is the $50 marquee match. This is. This reminds me of Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle, like as far as like why you're buying the pay-per-view. Yeah. And this is the why the crowd is there. And I, I mean, I mean, look, AEW puts on a great show. There's going to be other good matches, but this is it. And, and this is their biggest match this is their biggest marquee event um and darby loses better than anybody man you know he fucking sells incredibly he's gonna be awesome in this people are gonna be like you know what i'm glad punk's back but that guy's fucking cool too and and that's what needs to happen i think that's what punk wants to happen and i think uh, it will so i mean this is the match i'm the most excited about um i think it's gonna fucking rule Robert, who do you got and what are you excited about? Uh, what am I excited about? I think one of the strange things is um, this past week on, on Heels was the episode where CM Punk was on the show. And his character was an older, broken down wrestler who can't really go anymore. And he's complaining about his knees and his back. And you, but you can't help but not see that it's, it's Punk. And it's very strange timing from that perspective to shake that when you're going into this match i know it's not necessarily we're going to get but it's an unfortunate image for him to have i think that they're going to go out there they're going to have a really good match i've said it before i don't know what the crowd is really going to do here for this i think they're going to try to just have a good time and enjoy this i would have preferred seeing punk in there with a pure heel so the crowd can just unilaterally cheer him no Um, man this is the match 
I think it's going to be a fun match. I think it's, I think the crowd's going to have a really good time with it. Uh, it's going to be great when, when Garcia and 2.0 come out there and this turns into a three on two handicap match, because I'm sure Tony <laughs> Khan signed Teddy long to bring him out there for it. But I'm worried that they're doing that. The, 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 the match on rampage. Uh, cause I don't want them to do a Darby injury angle going into this or something. Cause they've been building up Danny Garcia. It's like, I'm going to twist him. I'm going to hurt him in some way. I, I want it a pure clean, you know, match and, and let them tell their story and, and send the crowd home happy. All right, folks, let's get to our main event. QT Marshall versus Big Show. I think this I realize be a what you're doing halfway through, and it is why I love you. <laughs> I have the same thought. <laughs> what? what? what did I said, I realized like halfway through, I'm like, oh, that's what he's ending on. I love this guy. <laughs> QT Marshall versus Paul White. Um, I, I think you should make a lumberjack match. Have fucking Jackie Fargo out there. Have the gun club. <laughs> um, by the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I think Big Show's gonna win. I want QT to win. I am very perversely excited about this match. Um, I am on my summer vacation. My wife is giving me death stares because uh, I've been using the hotel room to talk about QT Marshall. I uh, just wanted to tell that in case I'm not at the show next week. It's because I've been murdered by my wife. Uh, Mike, who do you got? Are you excited about it? Oh yeah, man. I mean, this is this is a match made for us. Uh, this is going to be so fun. Um, and this also is our our Twitter question, so I'm going to get that out of the way. I asked uh, our Twitter fans. You know, we've had the Rumble in the Jungle, the Thriller in Manila. What would you call this match? So uh, at Mister Walters eighty eight, the confrontation with zero anticipation. <laughs> at Promographic Ken, the bash at my temple so I don't have to see this crap. At Movie Guy, I guess, something shitty in the Windy City. At Andy's Jack 23, the resistible force meets an immovable object. At Mexico Studios, winded in the Windy City. At Show Off 1984, a charisma on a pole match where neither of them can ever get high up enough to reach it. At Youngie 54, the letdown in Chi-Town. <laughs> At Reviews with Alex, the un-Iron Man match winner is who doesn't get gassed in 60 grueling seconds. <laughs> at the LaCroix boy, brawl for no one at all. <laughs> at Sparknado 1, the great white nope. <laughs> at Mike Spear Jr., penis in your anus. <laughs> At Ange Gold, our friend Andrew Goldstein, all out of hair. <laughs> at uh t-zach boar on the lake shore at the omar gonzalez if this could have been an email was a match <laughs> at white tick the thriller is vanilla at wrestling reacts the bathroom break in the city by the lake at six five five three two one king two qt nons two qt anons don't make a white and finally, from David Caff- uh, at Dave Caffarel, Robert's wet dream. <laughs> he ain't wrong, Robert. Are you, are you excited? <laughs> but Who yeah, yeah, White wins this, and oh, uh, we never hear from Tony Schiavone's son, who wanted to be a wrestler again, which was supposed to be the reason this happened. Robert, I I, I couldn't be more excited for this if you tried. Uh, that's not true because I thought I had hit the apex of excitement, and then they threw in a Billy Gunn heel turn. Uh, and the why Billy why promo 
is going to be fantastic. <laughs> um, the highlight of this match is going to be, because there's going to be a point where Big Show's down on one knee and QT has him in a headlock for four minutes. And it's going to be magic. Um, these guys are going to blow everything else out of the water. This is a QT's got to win because that's who QT is. Cause big show's not a, a he's not a full-time wrestler. QT is a full-time wrestler. That's he's your like, guy. Paul going. White does the favors for QT. I, oh, my, I, my I wife think... literally just buried her head in a bag of ice. Um, yeah, we're not Dan. Uh, we're not doing a high spot, low spot this week. It's been two hours. We're going to end the show. We'll just do, we'll do quick. We'll do quick. High spot. What high spot was, but I'm trying Scott. to save your marriage. Scott, who do you got? Who do you uh, I think this is a moment for a debut. I think uh, there's a third gun, son. <laughs> <laughs> I think Braun Strowman might come out. Oh, <laughs> I know. I think it's going to get. I think this QT thing is you guys hate it. Good. This is our WWE portion of the show. We it's QT Marshall segment. And now you get Braun in it, too. Oh, poor Excalibur. Right or, to- or a fun payoff, Shaquille O'Neal shows up because QT lied to him. Remember that little thing? QT lied to him about the table, about a pad being under the table, and there wasn't a pad under the table when Shaq took a bump. So we don't get Shaq. We don't get Shaq and Big Show. We get Shaq and QT. Billy Gunn <laughs> took out Big Show. We're getting Shaq versus yeah. QT, baby. Shazam! All right, let's do high spot, low spot together. Shazam! I don't, I don't chip our audience, I suppose. I'll do my high spot, low spot. My high spot is uh, Max Caster di- is coming back, and apparently he beat Griff Garrison at a AEW Dark, so I'm glad that uh, they're giving that guy uh, some work again, and it was bullshit that he got taken out in the first place. My low spot is Will Ospreay getting COVID. I, I really, it's really such a bummer. <laughs> like, that company has just had the worst luck in the world mike what's your high spot was but but the amazing bumps that osprey took for covid fantastic (laughs) five stars um i'm gonna say the high spot of the week uh the nwa empower show great moment for women's wrestling and i feel like the uh awesome kong retiring has all the sentiment and uh genuine sincerity that you wanted from the flair one <laughs> but you actually got it here like you can see what her and gail kim mean to each other i think that those two women really are the unsung heroes of uh women's wrestling in the past 20 years they bridge the gap um so i'm glad that she got a, a proper send-off so that's my high spot my low spot is um the one in the middle of qt's head Robert uh, my high spot uh, was from Smackdown this past week it was Kevin Owens on commentary uh, Big E oh, comes out bad. with the money in the bank briefcase and Michael Cole starts in with his Michael Cole bullshit of uh, Big E won this in a fantastic match at Money in the Bank and then Kevin Owens goes yeah I know I was in it um, because <laughs> it's it's just fucking gold my, my low spots there were two one was the uh, Nia Jax Charlotte shoot fight which I go into detail oh, yeah. on on yeah, something to sports entertainment with if you're not in that tier we we got into it uh and then my other low spot is vince and bruce pritchard taking over nxt from hunter uh this is going to lead to 
this is the darkest timeline, folks. Um, yeah. If you were or, an NXT this is fan, lead to uh, more Nia Jaxes and less Charlottes. This is going to lead to a divorce, uh, and I can't <laughs> wait. To, I can't wait to see uh, when Hunter debuts on Dynamite and how Excalibur introduces him. Is that's the that's the guy who wouldn't return my calls for fifteen years. But, but Robert, the high spot is this is what it took for Triple H to finally be a sympathetic baby face. <laughs> oh my God, it's terrorizing. It's, you know, their new logo is so color, colorful and I'm, I'm assuming that the set is going to be more color, colorful too. And then to know the darkness in the back, that, that is a really fun, uh, that's a fun way to watch it, I think. If you watch it, Knowing that it's actually becomes a, like a drama, not even a wrestling show. I just I want to pay money to watch Vince McMahon learn who Kyle O'Reilly is. This has been my main event. Oh, dude, I feel bad for the guys who have been there for a while. Uh, yeah. Ooh, I don't know what happens. He's gonna see Kyle O'Reilly be like, "Who rehired Eugene without asking me?" <laughs> or he's gonna be like, "Cena, come back here. We gotta make a wish." <laughs> uh, Scott, what's your uh, what's your high spot list? But sorry. My high spot is the same as Mike's. That NWA and Power show was so fun. You know, again, it's NWA. It was not filmed well. The commentary wasn't great, but it reminded me of, you know, the early 2000s and, and I guess the 90s where they would have these wrestling pay-per-views that at least when I was a kid, I wasn't familiar with whatever it was, but I, I got, I got pay-per-views illegally. My dad had one of those boxes. Um, so The feds just, are on their way. <laughs> so I would just watch that. That was a cop. <laughs> yeah yeah he took it from someone he probably arrested it over you know yeah, you know yeah. cops, cops never do anything wrong yeah you know how cops do come on <laughs> uh but it was just so fun it reminded me of one of those old pay-per-views that i used to watch that made me feel like oh wow wrestling can look a lot of different ways and it can be very good and this looked a certain way and was very good i got sucked into it uh, so yeah. hell yeah, this that. looked a certain way. Yeah, one of those um, contraband pay per views from the late nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was your low spot, Scott? <laughs> uh, low spot, man. I mean, it, uh, the the Daphne thing. I know you guys mentioned it in the beginning of the show, and me and Mike kind of sat there quietly, uh, or me and Robert, I forget who. But uh, yeah, it's an absolute bummer. It's devastating. It's you know you you can't go online without reading about it which is a good thing because people should know that it happened and 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 be aware that it it can be prevented uh so yeah that that was a definite low spot and also i just saw carl anderson so you know all these companies are uh wwe just said today that because of what happened they're going to be offering counseling to uh the, the superstars or whatever uh, which is great. That's a great move on their part. And Carl Anderson wrote on that breaking news. He wrote, they suck, bro. <laughs> Talking about the WWE, which is so fucking petty and gross. Uh, and yeah, I probably shouldn't even have brought that up because that's petty and gross. But yeah, the, the Daphne thing is terrible. And uh, yeah. Well, again, condolences. Uh, I mean, what do we say now? That's awful. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, condolences to Daphne. And, you know, and again, if you need help, go get help, folks. Um, we, next week we got the rest of the Bella twins. Uh, we're gonna do uh, the we uh, must hate ourselves World Cup round two. Yete versus Techno Team two thousand. We're gonna be reviewing all out. <laughs> we're gonna be reviewing Dynamite. We're gonna be doing high spot, low spot. Leave a five star review for us on iTunes. Leave a review. Become a patron at five dollars. You're gonna get 
uh, a ton of extra shows, a ton of extra rows for the $10 tier. You're going to get our review this week, me and Robert's review of SmackDown and Rampage. And you're going to get us talking about Ross coming Monday. So uh, please follow us on Twitter. We got a best of video. We got shirts. We got shirts, folks. And again, if you send a picture of you wearing the shirt, one of us is going to call you. Um, and uh, depending on who it is, uh, it could be a it could be a long conversation because uh, some of us, uh, uh, me, don't have a lot of friends. Anyway, uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna see you next week for there. Uh, Scott, do you have anything to plug? Oh no no, I uh, I, I will write on the Facebook group. I'm gonna do it. I swear. But yeah, Robert. Russell Rose at Twitter, uh, our new shirts. Yeah, so as of now, uh, if you type in creative-ish on Pro Wrestling Tees, all of the shirts will come up. So do that, uh, and then you know, hopefully we'll figure out a way to also be able to type in Russell Rose. Yeah, but, we got to oh, yeah. figure that out. Robert? Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at WWE Creative underscore ISH. The Facebook page has been a hell of a lot of fun recently. People are clamoring for you, Scott. They're get, the, the natives are getting restless, so you need to get on there. It will not be a CM Punk debut. I promise you that. M- uh, much, much more lackluster. Mike Lawrence. Uh, yeah, I love the Facebook group. I love interacting with everyone on there. That's fun. Our Twitter's fun. Um, you know, uh, that's it. Yeah, let's keep this thing going and uh, get a shirt. Get a Deacon Batista shirt. Get a Forbidden Dork shirt. And uh, if you uh, wear one of our shirts and die in it, uh, everyone will know everything about your life. <laughs> Zach. And finally, Zach, wash your hands. All right, folks, I'm going to go save my marriage. Have a good one. Yay. <laughs>